0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, and never fail, at least I hope not, I am Michael Sherlock, your host. And all month long, we are talking about the magic of marketing, how a little bit of magical pixie dust spread over your company will make customers and clients run to your door and throw money at you, or perhaps not, maybe you have to work out a little harder. (laughs) I'm still looking for that magical pixie dust, but my guest today not only has a great background that is totally suited to our topic, but one little tidbit that I'm going to share about his uh, bio is going to make us all go, oh, yeah, oh, been there, done that. So Mike Crass is the CEO of MKG Marketing. It's a digital marketing agency that gets tech and healthcare brands found online through transparent, measurable digital data or marketing. Over the last 10 years, he's grown the company into a seven figure business, not only in specializing in data and analytics by embracing, imagine this one, a people first philosophy. Gosh, if more of us did that, wouldn't the world be a better place? And that promotes a strong work-life balance while systematically holding employees as well as clients accountable. And you guys know, I talk about holding clients accountable all the time. I've fired more of them than I can count in my career. Mike takes this philosophy with him as he sits in many uh, really reputable positions, like on the board of directors of the Global Entrepreneurs Organization. He also mentors other businesses through organizations such as Idea Village and General Assembly, which I love. And that just tells me that uh, not only does he walk the walk, he talks the talk and or talks the talk and walks the walk or whatever, whatever marketing spin we want to give it. Now, this is what I really want to share with you all. The genesis of MKG marketing came when he worked for a creative agency and he was completely caught off guard when his client asked him this. Uh, so Mike, uh, how much money did we make from your campaign? It was that moment where he realized, mm, analytics are pretty darn important. And when he and his partner, Carrie Guard set out to found the agency that they have now, they wanted to make sure they can perform creatively, but provide the hard numbers in order to squash the frustration that companies can feel. Oh my gosh, so much frustration. When you feel like you don't know how you are navigating through this world, you want it to be a great ad, but you also want to prove that it works. So joining me today is Mike Kress. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: And I love the honesty in that question because at the end of the day, you can have the greatest ad but if it doesn't produce ROI and we can't prove it with the data, it doesn't really matter. Unfortunately, even if it makes you smile. So I know you're going to have a lot of stories to tell us. But I'm just—I hit the highlights of your bio. Tell us a little bit about you in your own words and your company and how you guys help your clients to shock their potential.
0: Absolutely. Well, you—you you definitely gave me a great uh, intro with that bio. And uh, the only other things that I might add. Uh, on that from a professional standpoint is that we just started sharing a guarantee with some of our clients, especially new ones, um, mm. that in a year or less, we would hit the number to which we agreed to. Ah. And for some people, that's an ROI number, you know, literally saying, I spend a dollar. I need ten back. Mm. For others, it's uh, especially in the the B two B tech space. It's more about generating sales pipeline and opportunities, and that that's where that handshake happens between marketing and sales. And mm-hmm. sales says, "Okay, this is a hot lead. Like, get out of the way. Like, we are going to close this thing." And you know, marketing be damned. Like, we're good. Right. Um, and so what we're talking with our clients now, and kind of the language that we're using is. We we want to be in the boat rowing together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so that's why we use that guarantee. It, it's uh, it's important for us that they feel that we are in the boat with them and that our our economic interests are aligned. So that's something that I'm really excited about. In fact, this is the first podcast that I've actually mentioned that on. I've been on okay. a couple in the past few months, and. I haven't quite pulled the trigger on that news. I think your audience is ready for it. They're ready to be shocked that uh, a marketing agency would guarantee their work, you know? (laughs)
1: Late breaking news. And you know, Mike, uh, before I hate to interrupt you with that, but I love what you just said when you said we're in the boat rowing together because, but I I think there's even more to it because it's such a reminder. Yes, you and your team are there in the boat with them. You're going to do the heavy lifting. You're going to, you're going to deliver on your promise. But it's also a reminder that business owners have to be in the boat also, that to have a successful marketing strategy, you can't just say, hey, you know, create it, fix it, make it go, and then let us know when we have sales. It requires every, you know, critical people be involved in the process.
0: Right. And it's not just a financial commitment. It's not just writing a check or wiring some money. It's a, it's a time commitment. And that's, where a digital agency like MKG gets engaged, it's when a client or a brand, they're not a client yet, if they're just a prospect, so a brand thinks, man, we need marketing to be this machine, we need it to generate interest in what our products and services are, and, mm-hmm. and bring the right people in the door, so our salespeople aren't just out uh, on their own, having to do all their own prospecting, all their own outbound activities, you know, we, we want as much coming in uh, to support them as well, and that's that's where those brands decide, will I invest time or money? Yes. It's time, there's always a time investment, but if they go the time route, it usually indicates that they're going to go and build out an in-house marketing team, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's a money thing and they say, we wanna go faster, right? We We don't have the time, because it could take years to get all the right people and all the right seats. Um, I'm a big Jim Collins fan, and actually, I listened to your first episode with Eddie, and he talked about that: of mm-hmm. right people in the right seats. So, not yeah. his exact words, but that's what he was referring to yeah. uh, on stage and on set. And uh, so, a lot of our clients are deciding: you know, do we invest that time, and we have 100% of all of these smart people's attention? We just need to lead all these people, and there needs to be clear, you know, organizational structure and who reports to who, and what's a dotted versus a solid line, and uh, you know, I'll stop there because I could keep going, or do we invest t- a little less time, or actually a lot less time, and focus on the financial investment and bring in the digital agency who will bring that talent to us, so we can start moving faster. And that's that's been the the word of the past two years, I think, with our clients is yeah. faster. How do we go faster?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and you know, and and with the speed of how business is transforming and. And customer experiences and customer, um, you know, conversion uh, to sales are changing. I mean, I know they always change, but it seems like the last year, definitely the last couple of years, but the last year with you know, I don't know, living through a pandemic, uh, you know, we've had things that we've never seen before. Um, I'm not going to say the word unprecedented, which I just said because I hate that, <laughs> but. <laughs> But if you're not nimble enough to adapt and you still want to move fast, it's you, you need somebody who's an expert in that.
0: Correct. And it's a, it's a challenge to find the right people in certain industries, even in the middle of a global pandemic, as we're recording now, it's hard to find talent. And, oh, yeah. you know, to be frank, digital marketing, while there have been quite a few layoffs at some of the bigger holding companies and firms across the world, as we're, looking to recruit, which we just hired a couple people in the past few months, it was tough, you know, it it was tough to find the right people. And um, it, it surprised me a little bit that it was so difficult. I kind of thought that we would show up and have our pick of all these smart people who had just (laughs) fallen on a bad situation, right? That was (laughs) out of their control. And we started, you know, getting resumes in and I'm like, this, this is not what I anticipated. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we realized that, you know, digital marketing is still, you know, that was one thing that really actually still held true because we we're all in front of our computers a lot more.
0: A hundred percent. That The one last thing I'll mention about that is that we asked our clients, what was it? Probably about April, May, June of 2020. And we started having these very real conversations and they were, they were scary for our clients too, because our it's one thing to get fired as an agency, but, you know, to get let go From a company is it's a traumatic experience whether you deserve it or not um and we started asking them these these questions i said you know are your numbers changing Mm -hmm. for q3 for next quarter oh that's a good question let me go ask and they one by one it was like a broken record they just came back and they said no our numbers are not changing and you could kind of hear in their voices they're like oh my goodness you know I, i just had uh, events, your know, private client dinners, like all these physical things that I used to do for sales and marketing uh, success yeah. have literally just been wiped off the table, Right. but my numbers are the same, so I, I still have to deliver, and that's yeah. when I, I think it started to click. You know, we, we saw a lot of clients panic at the beginning of the pandemic here in the U.S. in March, April, May, and then they started to hear this language from their, their direct supervisors who were saying, you're still on the hook, so... Yeah. Do whatever it takes. You still got budget. Uh, might be reduced, but you still need to deliver. And however you want to go about that is your business. And we'll review every quarter and see how you're doing.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's an interesting mix of what, what companies just said. Okay, we're putting our heads down and we're gonna go forward and we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna we're gonna get through it and we're gonna try not to adjust too much down because we don't know that it it has to go down. And besides trying to adjust any budget, you know, halfway through the year is, is challenging enough anyway. So might as well keep shooting for it and, and keep going for it. But then that also gives energy to people who might've been worried. Well, what if my job goes? Because if you cut budget, you usually cut people. So, you know, gives people a little bit more impetus to, uh, to keep going.
0: Impetus is a very nice word. I would agree with you on that word choice. It's a, it's quite the carrot to dangle. It's more like a hot poker. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Encouragement. How's that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like all these adjectives. They're very supportive. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm all about the positive, man. I can spin it to the positive anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm assuming that your background was in, in this space that you're in, in kind of the healthcare tech space. Um, is, is that what you were in before? What, what made you pick this as your kind of your niche?
0: Sure. So I, I come from an agency background. I've, I've never worked on the client side, air quotes, as we call it, you know, directly for a brand. And I had been working in Los Angeles and Seattle, uh, different ad agencies. And, you know, that story you told at the beginning where that question came up of, hey, how much money did we make? Um, that came up, you know, a couple of years, two, three years into my career. And, you know, it came from, a global marketing, you know, country manager over in Germany. We had this big global marketing campaign. It was moving very fast and we didn't take the time to really get all of our, all of our analytics and our forecasting set in advance. So there wasn't a clear goal that everyone was shooting for. So some countries thought we did great. Um, this gentleman in Germany and, you know, he spoke directly into my soul and you know, I'm, I'm part German uh, in terms of my heritage, but I, uh, asked that question i was like that's a great question like i am so unprepared to answer that right now and Mm. so we we took that that learning my business partner carrie and i who i believe you've actually met um over a different podcast yes exactly yeah and we said we really only want to work with brands that have clear measurable goals Mm -hmm. and so as we started looking across different industries you know e-commerce comes to mind that's obviously like no duh simple right like you do some sort of marketing and then either it sells or it doesn't directly on your website Mm -hmm. Um, we looked at other industries and we saw that they were it wasn't impossible but it was a little mushier to try and draw these direct correlations and the more we talked about and worked with technology and healthcare brands we realized you know, most technology and healthcare brands have pretty big sales cycles in terms of the length, the duration, mm-hmm. pretty big payoffs. And, yep. and I'm putting an exception for like SaaS businesses, which are kind of self-serve uh, you know, tech, uh, companies. And they always need, you know, that, that need that they have is we always need our sales pipeline filled. And there's never enough people or money or resources or there's never enough to get exactly where we want to be, but we we were always striving to get there. And that that kind of really spoke to us. And at the same time, we actually had already started our agency, Carrie and I, and we were a couple years in and we decided to look at every single client that we'd ever had. And we just put them all on a whiteboard and we just started writing. Mm. You know, she got one color of marker, I got another, and you could write anything you want. There's no rules in this exercise. It was it could be personal things you know i didn't like them because of this reason i love them for that reason it could be we were wildly successful or eh, kind of moderately like not very successful and as we filled up the whiteboard and we stepped back after a few hours and we looked at it and we started to draw some core just immediate visual correlations of like wow you know we do really good work for healthcare and technology brands and that yeah. based on our first couple of years of our portfolio here at mg marketing that, that must mean we're onto something. So why don't we try and focus more in, and lean into those industries and verticals? And the more we leaned in, the more we realized that what made us special there is that we weren't selling, this is my phrase, we weren't selling sneakers. And I don't want to marginalize anybody who's doing marketing for sneakers. Right. And I'm totally guilty. I've marketed sneakers. So like, <laughs> I, I'm the first one in line to get the stone thrown at him. Um, but what we realized is that Healthcare and tech, when it comes to marketing, are fairly technical in ways to promote. It's not, again, with a sneaker analogy, it's not, hey, when you're in New York City and you're going head-to-head with Russell Westbrook and Ruck, Rucker Park, like this this rubber is made from rocket rubber or whatever, and it's going to help you grip and then dunk on this dude. And
1: then like, you're going to jump really high.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, you're going to jump so high. Uh, it, it They're quite technical in, in the sense of, you need to get everything right because right. when you get things wrong when you're doing tech or healthcare marketing, you can actually get yourself in trouble. And even in healthcare, you know, we've got a couple oh, yeah. of pharma and life sciences clients. We have to be very careful about what we say because our client could get sued right. by Absolutely. the FDA. Like there are, right. there are real consequences to our actions. And because of that, we started to realize we said, we're, we kind of key in here and we do really good work for these brands because we're we're very intentional like we understand what they do and we understand all the patients so like where where can we push and where can we where do we need to step back from the ledge a little bit. And while there are certainly other agencies, quite a few of them in fact that specialize in tech and healthcare marketing, there's way less competition uh, than if you're just doing general like you know B2C like consumer oriented right. marketing. And so we kind of just said, you know, our, our past experience, plus this little specialty of, you know, being very good with technical marketing and, and a couple other factors just said, this is, this is us, like, this is what we want to focus on moving forward.
1: Yeah, I love it. And, you know, when Carrie and I spoke and I, I was asking, I can't remember if I a- asked her this question before we were taping or not, but was a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the dialogue, you know, when you're, when you're talking marketing, marketing speak is different to technology people and so you know you might you still have marketing people in those tech spaces or the healthcare spaces but sometimes the 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 language is different and we had a really great conversation about you know just understanding how how you can speak you know be bilingual but I don't mean speaking German I mean being able to speak tech or speak um speak marketing and speak those other languages and it's and it's uh it's a talent and you're absolutely right when I think about the different marketing agencies and companies that I know you know, you really have a, a a challenge, but a great opportunity to be super niche in, in an environment where what you do and how you do it does, maybe it's not life or death, but sometimes it can be life or death for a business. And that's, that's terribly vital.
0: Definitely. And, you know, being bilingual, like you mentioned, there's moments I, I see it when we start with a new client, um, And you know, you asked earlier about how to shock, you know, your potential. Uh, I I used to do all the work. So did Carrie. Right? You know, we were a small company. It was two people. Right. Uh, You know, Michael, if you said, "Hey, on top of this contract, would you come and like sweep the floors every night?" You know, six, (laughs) seven p.m. works for me. I'd say, "You got it. Like, I'm no problem. I'm there."
1: I I know. Remember those days too.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And part of you know shocking our my potential is. I'm now no longer that person. Mm-hmm. I am the person, and it's it's quite unnatural. I mentioned that I've got that German heritage, so I really just want to put my head down and like do good work for 90 hours and then you know be done. Yeah. Uh, but that transition to ownership and leadership was, it was quite shocking to myself because when I was an individual contributor, my goal was to shock other people with how good my work was. Oh, yeah. I wanted to walk into a meeting and say things and show things and make decisions or suggestions mm-hmm. that just everyone looked at me and they said, Yes, like that, we want to do that. Yeah. And it's an interesting transition to go and move the leadership position where everyone kind of ladders up to you in, in one way, shape, or form. You know, we're, we're a flat agency um, as, a, as a holacracy. So there isn't a lot of vertical. Uh, dimensions to our, our org chart, but it's, it's still my responsibility to lead and to figure out uh, what our friends, we've got these friends, Shannon and Marina, and they're awesome. They work for Sumo Logic. They're, they're just agency, or they're just marketing friends. They're not even a client of ours. And they use this phrase and they call it being the youest of yous.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: I know. I found it such an interesting way to, to essentially say like, how do I make how do I pour rocket fuel on your brain? Oh yeah, right. And they they talk about being the youest of use, and you know there's there's tools and principles that that I follow for that, and I'm not sure if they're perfect, but they they don't seem to be too off base. You know, it's, tools are more like um, I'm a big uh, proponent of active listening. I, I believe people should listen more than they speak, which I'm immediately uh, contradicting myself because I'm a guest on a podcast. So I'm required you're the guest, to speak.
1: <laughs> you're supposed to talk, I'm supposed to ask questions and listen.
0: <laughs> awesome! I, I love that you just absolved me of all that guilt, you just w- washed it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, so, you know, tools are like I love to really deeply listen and then ask deep and rich questions where mm-hmm. I seek to understand. I don't have an agenda, I'm not leading you, I'm not a courtroom attorney. Uh, I've got an uncle who's a trial attorney. He's brilliant, but I can see when he's asking outside the courtroom, a leading question. Yes. And uh, so asking deep, rich questions and kind of doing my best Larry King where I even give the body language. I lean in. I didn't know that about Larry King till I read his book one time of like he leans in everything about him is I hear nothing. I see nothing, but you, that's what we're talking about right now. Um, And so it's interesting to try and bring out the youest of use and other, people be and other uh, employees, maybe even a client or a colleague or a partner, because not everyone is the same. So it, it's this exercise of just if I don't listen deeply and I don't ask questions or reflect and I don't journal, I, I can't quite figure out how to help you be the of USWs. I can't make it happen. Right. That being said, I can influence it as we move forward in our in our professional or personal relationship, whatever that might look like. I I can try and bring it out. And that that again involves that Larry King kind of like leaning in. I have to lean into our relationship to figure out how to do that.
1: And that is hard when you um when you go from being the producer, you know, you're the one that uh, that that makes things happen to the person who has to lead the producers. So you're you're no longer, you know always sitting at the table at the beginning to establish a relationship or deliver on the product and be able to show the U.S. of views. Um, it is a really, it's one of the things I've, I've developed. I don't know how many hundreds of leaders in my career, but that's always the moment that I love now, but I did not love that early in my career when I was managing managers who are managing people, because it was very hard for me to let go and not go directly to their people. And, um, you know, if there was an issue or problem. And I remember one day it was like, I had this conversation in my own head where I realized I had overstepped my manager, uh, to go directly to their person. And not that I wouldn't go directly to some of their people, a lot of, uh, you know, we, I, people knew they had a direct line to me, but I overstepped something and I could see the look on my manager's face. And I went, you know what? I apologize. I should not have done that. This was your, this was your call. And he goes, well, I would have done the same thing," <laughs> he said it right there. <laughs> I go, "Okay, fair enough." But you, you shouldn't have had to have me in the way. And I was so—I don't want to say ashamed of myself because I don't like that word—but I was so shocked by the realization that it really changed me um, from how I worked and how I started to develop my leaders to have that confidence. And um, and it was a real big turning point for me to your point it's you miss that because you love that you know kind of in trenches getting stuff done <laughs> you know cleaning yeah. the waste paper baskets but when you the more as you're seeing now the more you do it and the more you develop your people and you build their their personas, the the more satisfying it can be even though you still miss that time in the trenches.
0: Absolutely I've got a very good friend of mine and uh, she's a fixer Yeah, you know, i won't say her name or what industry she's in um, but she her and i have explored this topic deeply um which i think that's probably the 100th time i've used the word deep so i'm gonna i'm, I'm <laughs> done with deep you can't use unprecedented i'm done with the Rolling word deep on this deep. yeah <laughs> deep, deep. okay go ahead and she always talks about it in the sense of our conversation goes to superman or superwoman in her caves and the cape yeah and she's still struggling to this day, especially with some of her big customers where she says, like, I already know them. I can text these people. I can do anything and, and step in and I can put on the cape. Ah. And what she is struggling with and what she desperately wants to do because she's trying to scale and sell her business is, I have to learn that I'm now the dry cleaner of the cape. And I make sure that it shows up at the door on time. And I make sure that it's the right cape and it fits you. And it's, you know, not someone else's cape. but ultimately it's not mine to put on anymore and it's similar to an athlete when he or she finally hangs up their whatever sport you know shoes skis whatever like once you hang them up there's that moment of like my whole identity was wrapped up and around the fact that I could ski really fast down a hill right and that's gone like sure I can impress people when I go skiing but ultimately no one really cares that I can do that (laughs) and people used to care a lot and I I liked I liked the roar the wow you know yeah. the crowd, and it's uh, it's something she's exploring, and it's it's been so fun to watch because I I've already gone through that where I I if you tell me there's no one else to put on the cape, okay, I'll put it on, but I right. I'm absolutely never the first volunteer to say I think I should get out there and help out on X.
1: Yeah, not that I am trying to make a shameless plug for my book, but my book that's called Tell Me More how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, have your friend read it. It will help her with the Cape issue.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'll talk about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. And before we take a break to hear from our sponsor, I just have to, uh, I just have to um, just fess up to something. As we were talking and in the beginning, and you're talking about Carrie and your guys's, you know, uh, business partnership, all of a sudden I was looking at your logo and thinking about the name of your business. And I went, Oh, I get it. MKGK.
0: You figured it out. I love it. Oh, goodness.
1: So I got that. I'm on that. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Solopreneurs and small businesses often struggle to create effective digital marketing programs. It's hard to know where to start, what to prioritize, how to sift through confusing information and solutions that seem too good to be true. Agencies and full-time marketing employees are also expensive. And Marketing You is a modern marketing course with all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your business without that extra set of hands or high overhead costs. At And Marketing You, you will learn exactly what you need to do to execute a concrete marketing strategy by dedicating just two to four hours per week. And Marketing U will help you to execute strategy, messaging, content marketing, SEO, social media, paid digital advertising, and more. You'll have access to on-demand resources, live courses, group coaching sessions, community forums, and networking, plus the exact templates and tools you need for success. I took this course myself, and one of the greatest benefits we gained was learning to develop a competitive strategy that aligned our social media playbook and website to generate highly qualified leads. For all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your small business at a fraction of the cost of hiring a traditional agency or additional employee, go to www.and-marketing.com forward slash U. Again, that's www.and-marketing.com forward slash U. And use the code SHOCK to receive 10% off of any program. And we are back with Mike Krass with MKG Marketing. And we are talking about all things that have to do with superhero capes and uh, being the dry cleaner of them, as well as some other <laughs> very important issues. Right. Uh, and I think you've shared some, some, great, some great tips here that aren't even just only about what you do and you deliver to your clients, but I think tell a story about how you guys really operate as a company, you know, to try and ensure that you know, this level of dedication to detail, whether it be data points or, you know, the, the extreme responsibility you have to the client message that you're trying to convey is, is that you're, you take a very personal approach and you take it very personally what you do for your clients.
0: Correct. Yeah. We're, we're not a, a transactional agency. We're not running through projects, you know, one after another, you know, the majority work is retainer oriented and it's clients that are making the decision to make a long-term investment and um so not saying one is better than the other we've just skewed towards the retainer side uh, because we enjoy those relationships and that's just like a relationship banker versus seeing a bank teller every once in a while Mm -hmm. um you know that relationship his or her purpose is to support you the bank and all the financial products and services and assistance that they can provide we like to go that direction in terms of building relationships
1: yeah i was really mad because our financial planner moved to a different company a couple months ago and i'm like how could you just leave us we're awesome (laughs) (laughs) i know things happen so mike all month long my my series theme is the magic of marketing as we all know there's no magic pixie dust if there was we'd all buy it without a doubt but I think that the fun of this series is that I've been able to have so many experts in so many different fields related to marketing who have shared tips on how we can all do it better. So you know, no matter what we do, whether it's for our businesses, it's our professional career and identity, I think that there's some real good truths to um, you know, what we can learn. So you know, what are some of your thoughts on the subject?
0: Sure. I'll, I'll jump off the diving board you set up for me of, you know, magic and how it doesn't happen overnight. Um, That, that is, I think the first, you know, marketing truth is that you think that you're going to invest, you know, this time and our money, and then almost immediately it's going to start generating all these, you know, business results for you. And then And then you start saying smart MBA person things like where you say, what we're gonna do is we're gonna reinvest our dividends of the profits (laughs) from all of our marketing and sales success back into marketing and sales. And it's like, I I can count on one hand how many times I've actually seen that happen. Um, Most of the time people say, great, we're making all this money. Like I'm gonna go invest in product or I'm gonna bonus myself because I deserve it or something comes up. Exactly. So I think the first and foremost, it doesn't happen overnight it mm-hmm. takes patience it takes time and it takes commitment and i'm i'm speaking also to ourselves uh, as mkg you know we've been trying to work on our own marketing for 9 years now mm-hmm. and we've done i would say most everything you can try and we've started to discover over that 9 year period of time what works for a relationship based agency right um, can I hire somebody to cold call a thousand, you know, to dial a thousand numbers a day? No, we learned that if, if we want to build a relationship with somebody, we actually need to get to know them and we need some consent that they actually want to talk to us as opposed mm-hmm. to just barreling into their email or voicemail or, or text inbox. Um, you know, we've started to learn some of those tricks and it, it takes time and it takes a a rhythm and commitment to that rhythm to say we're going to try this here's how long we're going to try it for here's what we're expecting and here's what we here's the fork in the road that we're creating before we even get on that road Mm -hmm. and so i I would say first and foremost it doesn't matter whether you're hiring an agency or not it will take time and i i see especially from other business owner friends i see them have issues with agencies or external consultants because they say well i i just dropped a hundred grand on xyz in the past 90 days and i haven't sold more pizzas a friend of mine actually told me that he said i I, you know we had extra money we thought about bonusing it out to the owners and you know we decided to do this big big campaign and and the agency said it was the best idea to to do it over three months instead of 12 and so we rocked and rolled and our pizza sales are about the same as our pizza sales always have been so you know what that tells him he he gets that bad taste in his mouth of like Well, I should have split that with my partners and bought a boat or something. Like I should have done something that like I could actually tangibly get the benefit out of. Yeah. Um, So I would say first and foremost, patience and a commitment to the rhythm. and, And if that's important to you, commit to it. And I don't have any hard data behind this. It's more just my experience. It's going to take a couple of years to really get yourself moving in the right direction. You, you certainly will see results quicker. And we do that a lot of times for our clients we talk about the first 90 days are critical in terms of us showing you the biggest impact we can while we're still in the honeymoon phase before we have that first fight and something comes up. And <laughs> that's our goal is to move fast for you in the first 90. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like a machine, a marketing machine that generates, you know, leads and opportunities for your sales staff, it's going to take a couple of years to really get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, oh, go ahead.
1: No, I, I, I agree, and I think that that's why it's so daunting to people. Um, you know that it's, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, how can I invest that? Well, investing in it is going to be different depending on your business. So, you know, your clients are going to invest at a different level than a coach or a speaker or a, you know, a, a, someone else in a different field or you know somebody who makes cakes for a living or creates jewelry. Um, you know, everybody's going to have a different you know, budget of what that looks like in their, their different campaign, but really to have long-term lasting um, residual, not residual, ongoing, you know, that starts to really feed you consistently, it does take a lot of concerted effort and a commitment to it because it's, some will have some spikes, which is great, but then if you're smart, you're reinvesting in that to go to the next level.
0: Definitely. And I I think that comment you just made kind of leads me to my second observation um, through my experience is, and that observation is, eventually, people will stop looking for you, Mm. right? When you think about, you know, search engine marketing, or even review sites, you know, whether it's consumer, so you might be talking about uh, Angie's list or something, or maybe Yelp or or if it's b two b, you might be on trust radius or G two crowd, you know, like a comparison shopping site for b two b products and services. Eventually, people stop looking for you. So just you know you've you've worked for a couple of years and you're like, man, our paid search campaigns are crushing it. You know every time somebody searches for a relevant, you know product oriented search, we show up. but i I'm running out of people. there there are no more people looking for this, right, I've, I've, I've maxed out, I've done exactly what Google wants me to do and spent every single penny I can every single month on these searches. And so the second item that I'll bring up, and it's becoming more and more, just, it just comes up with our clients more and more, is eventually you have to generate some awareness that you exist to a potential customer set that has no idea that you exist, or that your product or solution even exists, right? Right. And so, you know, when you talk about measuring um, all of your marketing investments, or when I talk about that, I say, you know, eventually if we do our jobs, we're going to gobble up every single search, all the Facebook data that we can of people looking for products and solutions, and we will literally run out of money to market to them. Like, like you couldn't pay us more money to get in front of more people because we're out, right? We've, we've reached our total addressable market who's aware. Right. And so the second thing that I'm starting to see, and we're we're sharing a lot of plans with our current client portfolio around, is how do we intelligently and uh, frugally, and frugal could be a thousand dollars, it could be a million dollars, it kind of depends on the size of the business. Yes. But frugally, how do we generate more awareness for you and tie that to those demand uh, and revenue generating campaigns? Right. And I think that's kind of that next step where where brands have Great success. I mean, if if you have all the search impressions and all the search clicks you can possibly pay for and money can't buy you anymore, you think you're doing pretty good. But you're also kind of hitting a a total addressable market plateau. Right. Right. So unless you have zero percent churn for your product for the next ever, yeah. Yeah you're gonna lose a customer. Absolutely. And how are you going to replace them? You know, how are you going to make other people interested in your products and services? So that's that's kind of this next step this iteration if we were to use an analogy of like a set of stairs. You know, you're you're partway up a flight of stairs when you max out. How do you how do you open up almost like a video game? How do you open up and make those opaque stairs that are kind of mushy that you can't step on otherwise you can fall into the fire? <laughs> how do you make those like real solid like an onyx set of stairs, you know, that you can step all over? And I totally
1: uh, know what you do in your free time, Mike.
0: Yeah. What's funny is I don't play video games at all.
1: (laughs) It's a great analogy. I totally get it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, those are a couple things that I've started to notice a lot lately in the past, in the past year. And even, even more so now with, with, you know, being in a global pandemic, as we're recording, uh, with all these physical events off the table, in terms of like large scale physical events in most parts of the world, um, how do you, how do you make people aware, you know, think about uh, being at an event in Las Vegas or so you're at Mandalay Bay and you're walking through the conference center and, and that's, you know, walking by a booth, seeing a cool logo, and then they've got some good swag and then you kind of look at it and you're like, Oh wait, actually, I wouldn't hate to talk to these people. Like, right? That is kind of the, the next extension of I've already reached my total addressable market. How do I make more people aware that we exist on this planet?
1: Right, And if you don't, then you bear the um, the risk of of becoming obsolete anyway, because what else are you growing for? And I think that that you know businesses have to constantly be monitoring that to say, if I've reached the the saturation point of at this, or maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't really maybe I still have had all these people, but I haven't converted them, you know, so you have opportunities to look within and see you know how well you're doing that. But if you've reached your saturation point, you have them, then, the question is, do you want your business to keep going, or do you want to just kind of do, now you got to the peak, are you going to just do a slow decline?
0: Right, and it's it's a it's not a marketing decision. It's a business-level decision. It's it's like when Netflix announced that they were going to get rid of the mail-in TVDs. I mean, I'm sure you remember that. It was an uproar, but what they did is they killed their business And they like the you know a phoenix from the ashes they rose this business that is now so much more valuable and so much more in tune with how uh, you know the average human being wants to watch a video whether it's tv movies documentaries whatever you know it 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 was unheard of when they had announcement of they're going to kill off that business and people were rioting and it wasn't even good riots like it was just like kind of half-assed riots uh and then people were like "Well, actually this is kind of clever and then all the tv manufacturers just said well, screw it we're gonna put apps netflix just gonna go on as an application on your tv you don't even yeah. have to connect your computer and it, they rode this wave of a lot of good decisions and a lot of good timing that yeah. the market was ready to do that um and, and consume video that way and just chuck the dvds out the window
1: and then they created a whole new term i mean that's where we got binge watching you know
0: Right. Yeah. Carrie, my business partner talks about that with our podcast. We just released a season, I think season six this week. Mm-hmm. And she, she literally told me Monday, she's like, we're releasing it Netflix style. Like every episode <laughs> at once, you can just rock and roll and not even have to wait for the next week. And yep. um, it's interesting that essentially a tech company, which is what Netflix was, they just happened to be in media as well. Yeah did that whereas the big networks were always you know one episode a week it's an episode of friends or seinfeld or yep. uh whatever your tv show was you know came out once a week and netflix just showed up and they're like nah we'll all 10 at once and see if people which, watch them
1: which is so brilliant i mean they really did change the whole dynamic and now I, my husband and i we refuse to watch a new show until it's done because I can't, the last one one that we did, we got caught up in Game of Thrones. Finally, thank yeah. God that's over. Now they're starting a whole new thing, prequel. I'm not watching it until it's done. Then we got into the stupid Handmaid's Tale before we got smart enough because we thought we'll do that. And then of course a pandemic stopped that. So I'm like, I, no more. Unless the yeah. show is done over and in the can, I'm not watching it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know how you feel.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Mike, we could talk about this stuff forever. I love it. I'm a I'm a nerd like this with you. Oh, I just called you a nerd. Sorry. We're both nerds about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, and I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to find you right now, uh what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Sure, I'm uh, pretty easy to find on social media. I have uh, claimed uh, on the big networks. I've claimed uh, my name, so it's just Mike Crass K-R-A-S-S, like Sam at the end. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is really where I, I direct people to. I don't check Facebook and Instagram too much unless you're going to send me dog pictures, and then <laughs> I mean, and then I'm in for sure. You should reach out to me there, totally. but otherwise, visit me on LinkedIn. Uh, The other place to find us is our website. So you can go to mkg.arketing. That'll take you, that short URL will take uh, you to our website. And lastly, just like we're talking about as uh, this podcast, we have our own podcast and we're always looking for interesting guests with stories to share. So uh, please reach out to me over LinkedIn. I'd be happy to put you in touch with our team that manages the podcast and get you in the flow as a guest.
1: It was great. It was a great experience. I'm apparently not until whatever season is, I think, I don't know if she calls it season seven. So I've still got a couple months before mine comes out, but we had a fantastic conversation. It was a great interview.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There you go. A testimonial. Come and be a guest on MKG podcast.
1: There you go. Well, Mike, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: Um, Last words of wisdom, I would say, Uh, you already heard me say listen more Uh, a wise man once told me to speak louder than you think you need and listen twice as hard as you think you should Mm. Um, so i'm a big fan of listening Uh, the other thing especially with all the pressure that our clients in marketing organizations feel is uh, i'm going to steal something from brene brown and talk about permission slips i've been doing that to myself lately just get a sticky note um, I learned on Amazon, you can only buy them in like 20 packs. So you're, you're going to have a lot. It's going to take you a while to go through them, but write permission slips, it's little notes that you hide, you know, in your computer bag in your, your, uh, bedside table on your mirror, in your bathroom, in your car, and just give yourself permission to do something, whether it's a, an actual thing, you know, Hey, just cut out of work today and go golfing, or, um, you just give yourself a big, like a physical hug today. Um, it it's really special and it's it's uh, something that I'm encouraging a lot of our team members at MKG to do, to take care of themselves during this pandemic. Like, write yourself something and it's, it's, it'll be like finding five bucks in your pocket. I mean, you see it and you're, you're gonna laugh, you're gonna have that long-term memory connection. And it's a similar uh, exercise to kind of the talismans that, that you do actually, Michael, of the three requirements you have to start your day mm-hmm. well. And uh, so I, I'm going to brag on Brene Brown and say permission slips during a, a global pandemic when we're all separated and we're meeting over Zoom. I'm telling you, it's a, it's, it's good stuff. You should uh, check it. it out.
1: I love it. Thanks, Mike. You have been an absolute great guest. I'm so glad you've been on today and glad we're connected.
0: 100%, see you out there. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always... Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.